My dear friends, good morning. It is lovely to see you all here. It is lovely to be back in your presence. We had a wonderful, wonderful experience on the mission trips. You'll hear a little bit about that next week. But today, it is a beautiful day that the Lord has made. Let us be glad. Let us rejoice. We have some special things going on today. We will be blessing the backpacks, and it looks like there's lots of backpacks here, so I'm very excited about that. As our young ones go back to school, we'll be sharing blessings with them. Uh, we will also be talking today a little bit about forgiveness and what that means, and most specifically about forgiving ourselves. But first, as you can hear, we are going to get the spirit moving in this church today because it is a fantastic day. We are here to praise the Lord through song, through worship, through scripture. So if you are willing, if you are able, if you would like to, please stand. Let's invite the spirit in here this morning. I'm so blessed. Hallelujah. Blessed. I'm so blessed. Hallelujah. Blessed.
Friends, please be seated. On our best day, we are children of God. On our worst day, we are children of God. And that's really, really important to remember when we're talking about forgiveness because one of the hardest stages of forgiveness is actually the act of forgiving ourselves. God is forgiving us all the time. We're working really hard on forgiving others. But it really is a challenge when we really try to reconcile and try to forgive ourselves for those transgressions that we have made. Um, and so this is a beautiful place to kind of think about those things, to meditate, to hear through scripture, through the sermon, through song, about how that's what God really wants for us because it is indeed twice blessed. Uh, we are not really free until we are able to forgive ourselves to be able to forgive others. So, friends, will you please pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we come to you here this morning with a big ask because it is very difficult for some of us to be able to forgive ourselves. So we ask that you give us the grace this morning to be able to do that, Lord, to let ourselves go, to let ourselves be free so that we may live in your way to in turn forgive others. Let us use your forgiveness, your grace, your love, so that we may be ambassadors of your spirit and walk in your way always. Please, Lord, help us this day to forgive. Amen. Just too real, it takes everything you have to say the word forgiveness. Forgiveness. It flies in the face of all your pride, moves away the mad inside. It's always anger's own worst enemy. Even when the jury and the judge say you got a right to hold a grudge, it's the whisper in your ear saying, set it free. Forgiveness. Show me how to reach the young 
isn't it free? There is no end to what its power can do. So let it go, be amazed by what you see through eyes of grace. The prisoner that it really frees is you. Forgiveness. Forgiveness.
This morning, big folks, grown folks can be seated. Little folks with backpacks, Miss Leah is now going to call you up for a special blessing. The children and grown ups <laughs> and youth gathered here will carry these backpacks to and from school. They will contain work to be done, work that's been returned, books to be studied, and tools to be completed. Notebooks, pencils, crayons, glue sticks, and other items used for schoolwork will find their way in and out of these backpacks each day. Some days, so much stuff will fill these backpacks that the students will find it difficult to walk. Other days, they'll find it light and nearly empty. But on each and every day, these backpacks represent work required of the students gathered here and adults. And so we bring these backpacks before God for a special blessing at this time. We are also reminded of our teachers and administrators as they begin another school year and ask God's blessing for them too. As we seek to inspire their students' knowledge and character, we pray that their classrooms will be environments of care and mutual respect. Will you join me in this morning's backpack blessing following along the bulletin, or actually the screen? Gracious and loving God, we ask you to bless these backpacks. Make them strong for their job of helping our kids to learn. May their straps never break, their padding never give out, their zippers never jam. May they never be forgotten in strange places. May the burdens in them be light, and may the bodies that bear them be strong and growing and whole and ever blessed by your love. We ask you to bless these students Give them peace when they feel nervous, a friend when they feel lonely, focus when they feel distracted, and energy when they feel tired. And their minds and their pencils be sharp. May their lunches never be forgotten at home. And may their pink pearl erasers help them to remember that mistakes are okay and in fact are the most important part of the process. We ask you to bless these in the ministry of teaching future generations as educators embark on a new school year. Grant them energy, creativity, patience, and discernment as they engage and challenge their students. God, thank you for the glue sticks and homework folders and laptops and crisp new notebooks waiting to be filled. 
Thank you for schools and libraries and teachers. Thank you for the gift of your curiosity and for your wisdom that is all around. Please be with these students this school year. May they know that they are loved by their church, by their families, and most importantly, they are loved by you, God. In the name of Jesus, the great teacher, amen. As a reminder of our love and prayers, we want to give you some backpack bling to put on your book bag to remind you that the community church loves you and will be praying for you this school year. We have these tags that say, our prayers go with you. Every time you see this, we want you to remember, you are loved. You are never alone. And if things get sad or stressful, you have this entire church family that is standing around you here today to help you figure things out. We love you, and we hope you have a great school year. As our young ones go off to Sunday school with their backpacks, let us now in here take a moment to greet each other, to pass the peace of Christ with each other here in the service today. May the peace of Christ be with you. Folks, as you all know, uh, our office staff does a really, really, really good job of putting everything that's going on in the church uh, into these beautiful slides, into our action page every week. I highly encourage you to look over. There are a lot of things. We are ramping up programming with the school year and the season. So please take a minute to look through uh, your bulletin and take it with you, your action page. Uh, everything is on there. I would like to lift up a few things um, that are on there. Sorry about that. Um, next weekend, we do have our Jazz Vesper service here, uh, which is a very unique experience. Um, it's a lovely meditative worship service with music and poetry. If you have not seen uh, our Jazz Vespers, I highly encourage you to come check it out. Uh, it is next weekend, August 20th. My guess is it will be in here because of the heat, uh, but it's the same experience either way, whether it's in the courtyard uh, or in here. We also will be hearing some testimony from our young people that uh, participated in both of our mission trips uh, this past year. Uh, that will be during the C2 service and the sanctuary service. So if you can be here to hear that testimony, I think you'll really enjoy what they have to say about the way that uh, God was using them uh, and their experience in the Bahamas. I also would like to encourage you to, if you have not gotten either an email or a letter um, about the announcement for uh, Reverend uh, Dave and Reverend Elizabeth, I would encourage you to find one of these cards in the back there and fill it out. If you have not gotten that announcement, it means that we probably don't have your correct information. So we really want to make sure that we're updated. Um, if we don't have your correct information, please grab one of these cards in the back. Uh, the cards are right next to our generosity baskets, uh, which I encourage you to use if you would like to support. Uh, the missions of this church, the programs of the church, all the special things that we do. We don't pass the plate uh, here in C2, but there are generosity baskets on the table in the back there. Also, uh, if you would like to leave a special donation for the folks in Hawaii, in Maui, uh, you can leave that in the baskets as well. If you leave Maui or Hawaii in the memo line, this church will make sure it gets to the main UCC fund that is supporting them. That's really the easiest and most efficient way uh, for us to support our friends. Uh, we have a large, large UCC contingency in uh, Hawaii. I think it's actually one of the largest of any state. 
um, and they obviously are suffering in a way that is almost hard for most of us to even imagine. So if you'd like to support them, you can do that directly through our church, and we will make sure it gets to where it's supposed to go. Our scripture readings for today, we actually have two readings today uh, that Reverend Elizabeth has asked me to read uh, to prepare us for her sermon today. Um, And they are both along the lines of forgiveness, Uh, but I don't want to give too much away about the scripture readings today because I think she has uh, a really um, interesting and and well-thought-out way of incorporating these scriptures into her sermon today. So I'm just going to go ahead and read them so we can prepare ourselves for our sermon today. Uh, The first one is from the book of Luke, uh, chapter 16, verses 56 through 62. Then a servant girl, seeing him in the firelight, stared at him and said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. A little later, someone else, on seeing him, said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Ma'am, I am not. Then about an hour later, still another kept insisting, Surely this man was also with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are talking about. At that moment, while he was still speaking, the cock crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the cock crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. You can keep going a little. Second scripture is from the book of John, chapter 21, verses 15 through 19. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, You used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. This is the word of the God for the people of God. Grace and peace to you here gathered in the sanctuary and to our C2 congregation gathered across the courtyard and to those of you at home. We are thankful you have decided to join us for worship this morning and hope that you find welcome and nourishment here. Will you pray with me? O most holy one in whom we live and breathe and have our very being, Thank you for the opportunity to gather as your church this morning. 
We pray you would send your Holy Spirit to open our hearts and minds for your message for us this day. I pray my words are faithful to your words and that you would speak through me or if needed, speak in spite of me. Amen. One of the things that I have learned since I married Dave is that he hates to wrap presents. Our first Christmas together as he wrapped my gifts behind closed doors, I began hearing things like, doggone it, and are you kidding me? Among the crinkling of wrapping paper and the snipping of scissors and the snapping of the scotch tape, the comments only got louder. Dave emerged hours later with beautifully wrapped packages, but in a really bad mood. And it did not help his disposition when I suggested that the boxes were not fully wrapped until they had ribbons <laughs> and gift tags. His head nearly exploded. I think we have learned that if I want any gifts at all, they will come in a gift bag. Have you ever received a beautifully wrapped package, one that you eagerly awaited opening, one that had you wondering what could possibly be inside? When I think back to my childhood, I remember looking at the presents under the tree with that kind of impatient Christmas morning anticipation when we would open our gifts and enjoy our new treasures. As a parent, I loved planning birthday parties for my children, and I remember their excitement about opening the colorfully wrapped packages from their friends. A beautifully wrapped present usually brings excitement and wonder and a smile to the recipient. But what if that gift was never opened? What if it was just put on a shelf unopened and you never enjoyed what was inside? I know one of you folks out there asked for a sermon about forgiving ourselves. And I think of forgiveness like a beautifully wrapped package from God. One we can choose to open and use or one we can just put on a shelf and observe. Today, I want to encourage you to open the box, claim your gift, and enjoy God's forgiveness. Now, I know from personal experience how difficult it can be to let go of something that we have carried, to put down the weight of guilt, of a past mistake. When we know we've done something wrong, we can judge ourselves harshly and we can relive our faults. The past can keep us awake at night or even rob us of enjoying the present. We sometimes can even begin to define ourselves by what we have done or said. Yet God calls us to something different. God whispers to us that we are beloved and forgiven. God gifts us with grace. 
This morning's gospel scriptures bookend each other. They have several similarities. Three questions, two fires, and one big blunder. The first fire is the one Peter and others were gathered around in the courtyard at the high priest's house, where Jesus was taken after he was arrested. Around that fire, Peter was asked three times about knowing Jesus and denied all three questions. Realizing his mistake, his betrayal of Jesus, we are told he went out and wept bitterly. I can only imagine the awful feeling in Peter's stomach when he made eye contact with Jesus. The brick in his gut when he heard the cock crow. The devastation of knowing he had done the very thing he said he would not do. That night, as all was being lost, Peter stood at someone's fire and felt the burn of betraying his best friend. I wonder how Peter dealt with his guilt. Did he replay the event of that night over and over again in his head? Did, he, did the other disciples know what he had done? Was this the elephant in the room that no one spoke of? Scripture tells us that in the midst of his disappointment and confusion, Peter and the other disciples went back to what was familiar, fishing. And at the dawn of a new day, our reading from John finds Peter standing at a second fire. After a long night of fishing, Jesus gathered his disciples once again on the shore around a fire and made them breakfast. And there he asked Peter the same questions three times. Do you love me? Three times. And Peter was hurt by this repetition. I suspect that only later did it sink in that Jesus was not testing Peter, but reinstating him to the community of believers. By allowing him to profess his love the same number of times he had denied Jesus earlier. Jesus drew Peter back into the community to which he belonged and accepted him. He was forgiven and given a tangible task. Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, tend my sheep. It seems that the spirit of reconciliation and forgiveness allowed Peter to forgive himself and to become the rock on which the church was built. When we think of forgiveness in a theological sense, we see it as a sacred gift given to us by God through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. God so loved the world, so loved you and me, that God sent Jesus to live among us, to show us the best way to live, to remind us that we are beloved children of God. And dying on the cross, Jesus redeemed us back to God. The promise of the gospel is that acknowledging our shortcomings that separate us from God and repenting or turning back to God opens the doors of our hearts to receive God's gift of forgiveness 
of new life and reconciliation. Forgive others, Jesus said, and you will be forgiven. Many of us, like Peter, battle daily with mistakes and poor choices. Some made by us, some made by others. Yet maybe our greatest battle may be the conflict within, the struggle to forgive ourselves. Forgive ourselves for not being perfect, for saying the wrong thing, for leaving something undone that needed to be done. The list goes on. We can be super hard and critical on ourselves. Letting go of the past or the past that we've created in our mind can be difficult and feel shaky or tenuous, like when an anchor doesn't hold and the boat is adrift. Sometimes we think of these past mistakes as central to our identity or as an event that defines who we are. And when we try to forgive ourselves, it may feel like releasing something that has become an important part of our makeup. We're releasing who we were at that moment. And that can be difficult. Research shows that holding on to a past mistake can be harmful to our well-being. Psychology Today reports that perseverating and replaying these hurts and imperfections in ourselves blocks our heart's care, which is important for creating coherent energetic balance in our system and with others. Bitter energy and regret sustained and unchecked has proven to release hormones and neurochemicals that drain our energy system and put the wholeness of our health in harm's way. Researchers believe that learning to release these feelings of disharmony is a powerfully effective tool for personal peace and happiness. Do you remember the famous photo from the Vietnam War of a small girl running naked down the road with an expression of unimaginable terror, her clothes burned off, her body scorched by napalm? The man who coordinated the raid on this child's village in June 1971 was a 24-year-old year old U.S. Army helicopter pilot and operations officer named John Plummer. The day after the raid was conducted, Plummer was devastated when he saw the photo in the military newspaper, Stars and Stripes. It just knocked me to my knees, he said. And that was when I knew I could never talk about this. Over the years, the guilt over the raid became a lonely torment. He suffered periodic nightmares that included the scene from the photo accompanied by the sounds of children screaming. The girl in the photo, Paham Tai Kim Pahuk, survived 17 operations. Eventually, she relocated to Toronto and became a goodwill ambassador for UNESCO. 
1996, 49-year-old Plummer heard that Kim would be speaking at a Veterans Day observance in Washington, D.C., not far from his home, and he decided to attend. As he sat listening, Kim said to the gathered crowd, if I could talk face to face with the pilot who dropped the bombs, I would tell him we could not change history, but we should try to do good things for the present. Plummer in the audience wrote her a note. I am that man and asked an officer to take it to her. At the end of the speech, he pushed through the crowd to reach her, and soon they were face to face. She just opened her arms to me, Plummer recounted, and I fell into her arms, sobbing. All I could say was, I'm so sorry. I'm just so sorry. It's all right, Kim responded. I forgive, I forgive. So how do we move from where we may find ourselves guilty or embarrassed to believing I am not defined by my past mistake. I am more than the damage I have done or the wounds I have inflicted. God calls me to more than that. How do we get our hearts and minds from thoughts of shame and remorse to sincere forgiveness from our past? To move beyond our fear and woundedness, it is important to remember who we really are. We are children of the Holy One. We belong to God and God calls us beloved. Can we allow God's grace and forgiveness to form the backdrop of our lives? When we hold on to our past mistakes, when we focus on the wrong we have done or the hurt we have inflicted, we permit a world to define us. When we allow ourselves to remember all that God has given us and focus on what Jesus calls us to, Forgiveness can become a central part of our life, moving us towards redemption and wholeness. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus taught the disciples and us to pray the Lord's Prayer. We pray it every Sunday. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Reminding us that the way to come to know ourselves as forgiven by God is to forgive others. Swedish diplomat Dag Hammarskjöld once said, Forgive oneself? No, that doesn't work. We have to be forgiven. But we can only believe this is possible if we ourselves can forgive. Maybe forgiving ourselves seems impossible because we experience the impossibility of forgiving another. 
while most of us accept the premise that as followers of Jesus we should forgive, we may struggle with how to practice it. Asking God for forgiveness of ourselves or forgiving another person is a personal decision we make in the quietness of our heart. Such exposure can be painful, a painful thing to undergo. We can feel vulnerable opening ourselves up and sharing our darkest mistakes. It can be difficult to bring to light the things we wish we could keep hidden, confiding in God our secret faults. Our psalm from this morning assures us that when we acknowledge our sin and brokenness, God's Holy Spirit will create a clean heart in us. It takes courage to open our hearts to God's promise of new life. Yet when we open God's gift of forgiveness and claim it for ourselves, we can release our stored feelings of hurt and emotional pain, along with the negative effects they create in our mental, emotional, and physical well-being. Scripture tells us if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from our unrighteousness. When we humbly hand ourselves over to God, even when we feel filthy or broken or in despair, God will lovingly give us a fresh start again and again and again. There are several tangible ways to go about this task. Our Catholic brothers and sisters go to confession to confess their sins to a priest. The priest gives a penance, something one does to demonstrate that their confession is sincere. A penance may consist of prayers, an offering, works of mercy, or sacrifices. These acts of contrition help join us back to Christ. Maybe we need to enter our own personal prayer closet to confess to God, ask for forgiveness, and fulfill an act of contrition. Alcoholics Anonymous developed the 12-step addiction recovery journey where one of the steps includes a person taking inventory of the people in their life that they have pained or wronged, reaching out to them to acknowledge the wounds that they have inflicted and seeking to heal them when possible. To forgive ourselves does not mean we condone our mistake. To forgive ourselves does not mean we deny what we did. To forgive ourselves means to refuse to let what happened destroy us and alienate us from God and from one another. What is it that you're carrying and need to put down? Can you think of a symbol for this wound, something that you can physically carry in your pocket? Maybe you could write a word on a smooth stone that you can keep with you. As you carry this burden, ask God to forgive you. This is personal. This is between each of us and God. It takes two to reconcile. 
It takes one to forgive. You are not executing the action. God is. And when you are ready, let it go. Put that stone down. Let God's forgiveness set you free from the weight of harm that you have carried far too long. This will demand hard work and vigilance, but it is the way to forgiveness. It is the way to life. It is the way to God. The divine cure for our need of self-forgiveness is found in repentance, being honest about ourselves, coming clean before God in prayer, and then doing something tangible to let it go. This will allow us to move forward as children of God who are loved and gifted. Repentance unwraps the amazing gift God has given us. Hope and healing, forgiveness and reconciliation. Without repentance, the gift remains on the shelf and shame and guilt prevail. Some of us this morning may be faced with one of life's hardest spiritual choices. To trust in God's all-forgiving love or not. Can we trust in the power of that forgiveness for ourselves, for our world, and even our perceived enemies? Go ahead. Open the beautifully wrapped present of God's lavish forgiveness and grace. Have courage to set down your burden and pray the prayer of this morning's psalm. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. May it be so. Amen.
Friends, will you once more join me in prayer? Gracious and loving God, we thank you so much for our blessings as we realize we are truly blessed. We also know, Lord, sitting here this morning, that there are those that are struggling, those that have been through terrible tragedy and are scared and alone and wondering what to do next. Lord, through you, all things are possible. We ask you this morning here, Lord, to take our love, our prayers, and please deliver them to those folks in Hawaii who are so desperately in need. Let them know your love, God. Let them see your hope. Let them see your presence working in the aftermath of horrible tragedy. Please bless those now, Lord, that, that are running, the first responders that are moving into that tragedy to do all they can to help and love others in your spirit. Please be with us here too, Lord, with our teachers who are molding our young people as they go back to school, knowing that it is a very difficult thing to navigate these days. We ask that you show them the way and shine your light on them for us. We offer to you this morning, Lord, that we are not perfect. We make mistakes all the time, but we know that we are loved by you, Lord. We ask this morning that you allow us to unwrap that present of forgiveness. Allow us to see it, allow us to hold it, allow us to embrace it, so that we may embark in the difficult task of forgiving ourselves so that we may also in turn forgive others. This morning, Lord, we ask that you allow us to do that so that you set us free. Allow us, Lord, to drop that stone. We pray all these things, Lord, in the name of your Son, who taught us to pray together the prayer that you have taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Lord, as our last song, we offer all our praises, every praise up to you here this morning. Amen.
dear friends, God's promise has been delivered. You are forgiven. Allow yourselves to believe it and let that burden go. Go in peace, my friends, and may the grace and love of God be with you now and always. Amen. Thank you.